0: Coming to you from the Flexbox Fantasy Federation's World Broadcasting Headquarters in Ottawa, this is The Weekly Show. As always, I'm your host, Nick, the Manpinner, and I'm joined by two esteemed co-hosts this week. Please give them a warm welcome to WizKid Jeremiah Johnson and RKR. How's it going, guys?
1: We're, we're good. We're bringing the energy, Nick. We're fired up after the Leafs win. We're all Leafs fans. We're just talking about life is good. Fuck Ryan Neeson.
2: <laughs> yeah
3: i'm good too yeah we got three three lease fans on the on the podcast here so we're all pretty
2: happy yeah
0: for sure we're recording it after a, a big lease victory in game four and uh, after the victoria day long weekend so i think we're we're all feeling extra good for this episode so hopefully that that reflects in the podcasting quality <laughs> uh but guys i think we should just get right into it i mean it's the the big week seven recap week eight show Lots to talk about here, uh, so we've got a, a lot, a lot of ground to cover. Let's let's just get into our first matchup. Uh, what has to be the matchup of the week for week seven? I'm not even going to tease it because it's no surprise. Chow versus Kaminsky, huge showdown. Two teams, two of the the favorites in the league, battling it out. Uh, Kaminsky coming in with the undefeated season. Chow coming in six and one, and it is Chow that picks up the victory, ends the Kaminsky run. Uh, he, uh chow wins 319.8 to 245.3 for kaminsky so uh, a fairly healthy margin chow getting over 300 points uh that's obviously huge for him as well the uh the top scoring team of the week uh so uh great victory for him but i mean rkr i'll throw it right to you what do you think about this matchup
3: yeah this is a great one i mean obviously right off the top for mike's week hearing uh trout was out i'm sure he uh Kind of let the wind out of his sails with that one. Um, So I'm sure he wasn't too surprised to lose eventually. But man, just got to say, Chow is a force to be reckoned with so far this season. He just seems unstoppable. And uh, putting up over 300 again, I believe second week in a row at least that he's done this. So uh, good win for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely a, a rough week for Kavinsky, but just a, a tremendous performance all around by, uh, by Chow. Uh, Jeremiah, what do you think about these two teams?
1: Uh, I mean, it's tough. Uh, <laughs> trading Chow, uh, Julio Urias, who was a top uh, point getter this week, 44 points. Always hurt. And, uh, I, you know, this is kind of an antidote, but uh, he did offer me uh, a Dolis Garcia before he was good, and I was like, no way, this guy's a bum shame on me but the point I, I i guess my point is chow just finds like these guys it seems like like complete nobodies who so he just like gets to come and join his roster and they crush it so uh as if he's not scary enough he seems to have a good eye for talent uh, and on the kaminsky side uh i think it's just kind of like richard was saying it's a bit of a down week trouts out uh par for the course a maintenance week if uh if i may
0: uh very true i mean i think you make a great point that there's uh, some owners in the league who who are really seen as having an eye for talent and i i mean clearly chow should be one of them uh he's he's got a bunch of guys who i think going into the season nobody would have expected to do as well as they have uh so full kudos to him for uh for figuring out who to who to grab for his team uh and then yeah i mean i think obviously kaminsky has to be disappointed with the the outcome and uh, it's always sad to, to see an undefeated season end uh, at, at this point in the year. But, you know, he's had a great run and he's still in a great position. Six and one is, is obviously nothing to scoff at. And uh, I'm sure we're going to see these two teams go uh, a long way this season.
2: Yeah,
3: no, I agree. And I mean, on Mike's end, 245, that's not that either. Just goes to show how well-balanced uh, Kaminsky is this season, even, even without Trout. So uh, he's got a pretty deep team, so I don't think he's going anywhere one uh one funny thing I noticed this week was wheeler uh Zach wheeler put up uh twenty points for two different teams so We got traded midweek and had two big games so thats probably doesn't happen too often, but I'm sure both owners are pretty happy Mike and uh, Jameel on that one
0: yeah that that is interesting i I don't know if that's ever happened before, <laughs> but uh definitely a a deal that worked out i guess yeah. Uh, but let's let's keep moving a bunch of other great matchups to talk about uh other than that headliner one uh and i mean we've we've already talked about chow who had the the highest scoring uh week in in week seven so let's go to the second highest scoring week which belongs uh to none other than rkr uh putting up 312.5 points uh i don't know if you know this uh rkr but that was more than enough to defeat Lim, who uh put up 242.3 uh so i mean rkr how are you feeling after that matchup?
3: Yeah, my team's been very hot and cold kind of all season, either putting like sub 200 or a couple big weeks, like over 260. So this is just kind of continuing that trend for for my team. I got some big points this week from Austin Riley, who's heating up. He put over put 53 points for me in this week. Some decent pitching performances uh, all around. So... Kind of, you know, good feeling for me after that week putting up 300. But uh, I certainly don't think that's something I'm going to expect going forward, based on how I've been uh, been so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those matchups where you wish you could uh, could save some of the points, spread them out in other weeks. So, uh, but you know, it's always good to know your team's capable of of putting up a huge point total. But uh, Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on this matchup?
1: Well, it's. I mean, I'm going to skip Lim. I have nothing to say about them, but it's interesting about about RKR here. Um, like, Austin Riley and Miguel Sano were his two highest point getters, which kind of, like, if you know these players in real life, they're very high variance guys. They're either hitting, like, a grand slam in Miguel Sano's case, or, you know, a 53-point week if you're Austin Riley, or they're completely unused and shouldn't be on your roster. So it's, like, one or the other. So when they're going hot, hop on board. When they're not, tough. Um, I do think Richard is kind of interesting. Like Juan Soto didn't really have a good week for you, so there's a little bit of cushion there I think you can expect mm-hmm. going forward. Um, but, I, uh, but I agree with you 100%. I think your roster is very high variance. Uh, Herman Marquez, another very high variance yeah. person, uh, could put up 20 points in a start or could you know, get you negative points. It's really hard to say. So I think that's just kind of par for the course for you. Um, and I was talking to Lim about this on Slack. I guess I don't say about Lim. Um... <laughs> His team is full of like all the hitter breakouts for the year. If you guys look at it, like Isaiah, kind of for Leflo has been really good. Uh, Adam Fraser, former uh, standout on my team, is on his roster. Uh, Ryan McMahon, huge standout. Um, but it seems like those guys are kind of coming and back. To
3: Buster early, you know, Posey, so. too. I mean, we thought he was washed, washed for oh, the last point. two seasons, yeah. and he looks like he's the number one catcher right now. It's just just crazy. He's hitting 355. Slugging six forty five like that, totally out of out of nowhere.
1: Well, how does it make (laughs) you feel that you traded Buster Posey to me for Juan Soto, and he's no longer (laughs) on my roster, and he's better for someone else? That's something. (laughs) There you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, funny. uh, Funny how fantasy baseball works sometimes. Now, rkr I mean, I gotta ask. Last week, you put up one ninety four point nine. This matchup you put 312.5. So, I mean, two very different performances. Uh, What do you think is, is closer to your team's true potential?
3: Yeah, well, like Jeremiah said, I do see him have a lot of guys who go hot and cold. And so far for me, they're kind of going cold or hot at the same time. And this last week was a perfect example of that. So. Uh, that's unlikely it kind of carries forward all the way through the rest of the season. So I think I'm probably kind of right in the middle of the pack as far as the, the rest of the league goes. So I don't know, 200, is probably a typical week for me going forward.
0: There you go. Right down the middle. Uh, <laughs> well, love to hear that. Uh, excited to see what you do from here, but a uh, bunch of other matchups to talk about. Uh, let's talk about the, the showdown between Newton and Jamil. Uh, really interesting matchup, uh, two teams sort of, uh, uh jockeying for position there a, a little bit. Uh, and it's Newton who comes out on top, 265.7 to 249 even for Jameel. Uh, so now Newton is four and three, Jameel drops to five and two, second loss of the season. I mean, Jeremiah, what can you say after a matchup like that?
1: Well, I think, I think Newton's going to agree with me. It's pretty amusing that Kyle Schwarber decided he can actually hit a baseball this week. Uh, something he has <laughs> not done all year. So that's always interesting. Um, for those still checking our rowdy watch he is still not ready uh, not a surprise development uh but for newton i think uh you know he was lucky to come out with a victory to be honest with you guys like nolan arenado charlie blackman didn't really put up a lot of points when you look at it it seems like he was really supported here uh by his pitching um which put up 132 points uh without oh with a Luis castillo start that was decent though so. um I think that's really good. Jameel, on the other hand, looks like his offense failed him, so that's kind of interesting. He got about two thirds of his points from his pitching, which you know I would not have guessed coming into the year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a week I think where Newton got some help from uh, from secondary pieces. But uh, RKR, what's your take on this one?
3: Yeah, I mean, Garth is, uh, after a bit of a slower start to the season, he's won 4 out of 5, so he's uh, definitely heating up. And, I mean, 265 is a pretty respectable point total uh, for Week 7. And uh, kind of on Jamil's end, I mean, he, he fought right to the end. He put up 80 points on Sunday. Um, still wasn't quite enough uh, to, to pull out the victory, but pretty close in the end as far as this uh, uh,
2: matchup was concerned.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think it's interesting to look at, at Jamil's team and, and look at some of his recent performances, because he, he started off hot, he had four wins in a row coming out the gate, and then, you know, he's, he's lost two of his last three now and, and hasn't broken 250 in any of them, so uh, I think he, he's definitely benefited from some luck in terms of his record this season, but uh, it'll just be interesting to see what he does with his team and, and whether it's a, a bounce back or, or whether he drops a couple more mm. in the near future. Uh, but uh jeremiah let's talk about your matchup last week you were taking on graham in a an evil division of evil versus twice the division showdown uh and you picked up a a victory your second one of the season now two and five uh graham oh and seven uh i should say the the final score was 249 even to 221.6 for graham so i mean jeremiah what's your what's your takeaway after that matchup
1: oh my team's not very good you know, like, I took a two-start Walker Bueller week and Randy Rosarena to play out of his mind for that to happen. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I if, I don't, I think people have noticed I'm not exactly a powerhouse this year. I'm uh, dealing with a lot of injuries and kind of just riding it out because when your roster's that hurt, it's not a lot you can do. Uh, Jesse Winker for Graham was playing out of his mind, which is always a good time. So uh, I know Mike was calling him as, like, a stud <laughs> for years. And I always said he was shit, but apparently... Winker decided, like Kyle Schwarber, that he can actually hit a baseball. And stay healthy, a key for him. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a win, but, you know, how many of these I'm going to get this year? I don't really know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's been crazy comparing some of the the Reds' individual players' fantasy awakenings with uh, the team's overall record. It's uh, uh, clear that they're they're less than the sum of their parts right now, but, I mean, RKR, when you you see a, a matchup like this one, what are your thoughts?
3: Well, I was wondering where, where Graham got his points from, but it seems like uh, he had a decent week. He's you know, only lost by about 30, but looks like usual suspects for him. Yeah, Winker, 40 points. Muncie, 30. Um, who else? Yeah, I guess those were really the main two for him. Um, Pablo Lopez on the pitching end and, and Javier from Houston, 20 points apiece. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of typical performance from, from Graham there. 0-7, wow. So still no wins for him yet on the season. Yikes. Um, J- Jeremiah, I was wondering your your team, what do you, what do you think it is this year for you? Because I mean, on paper, I mean, you've got a, still some pretty elite talent there. Do you think it's just the injuries or what's going wrong?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't start off very great. And then uh, I thought, you know, maybe I could trade my way out of it and uh that didn't really work and then i was kind of like okay well i'm gonna buy low on some injured guys like there's no way christian yelich is available not hurt right so you kind of go for guys like mm. that but their timelines are kind of all over the place and my roster is just so banked up it's like i don't i don't know Sixto sanchez hasn't even played a game for me right where if i just kept your yeah. that's like you know and it's just like if you do that three four five times what happens? uh kind <laughs> of where I'm at, right? So I'm kind of I'm kinda looking towards next year, I think, more than this year, and I'm probably destined for Europa, but hey, you know what? I'd, I'd be down to win Europa. Why not?
2: Yeah, for
0: sure. Yeah, I mean, Europa's a good competition. It's uh, it's definitely fun to win that one. Uh, and I mean, Jeremiah, I just got to ask you, as, as someone who's uh, faced off against Graham now, do you think he, he deserves to be 0-7 or, or is he uh, better than his record might indicate?
1: I mean he probably deserved a better fate in this matchup, but at the same time, I mean, there's been times where I've kind of peaked this roster to try to set up a trade, and, like, he doesn't even set his lineup up the time, so... I, <laughs> I don't know, I kind of think records are somewhat... Not all the time. Sometimes they're indicative of your managerial skill and effort. I think that's the case for Graham.
3: Yeah, I agree. He's...
1: Yeah, that's fair.
3: Yeah, after Flex, he's got the second-fewest points, so, I mean, 0-7 is probably fair.
1: Like, I'm trying my balls off. And I'm 2-5, and five, you know? And it is what it is. You know, I've tried, I think I've traded, like, fuck, like, everybody in this league, at least once, and <laughs> to get players. But you know what? Like, Graham, if you can't even set your lineup, like, you don't deserve to win. Yeah. Maybe you don't deserve to be in the league.
3: Yeah, no, I, I echo that, okay. too. Yeah, this matchup here, only five games started, no matchup acquisitions. Still put up decent points, but, yeah, clearly not a lot of effort on the managerial side.
1: Bring back Wendy.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, would definitely miss Wendy. Uh, but let's let's move on. A bunch of other matches to talk about. Uh, I think we we sort of talked around this one already, but let's just dive into it. Uh, we had uh Ryan taking on the Midland Raccoons. Uh, and it's Ryan who comes out on top with a, a very impressive point total, 310.8 to 204.7 for the Raccoons. Uh, so that means Ryan is now 6-1. and one. The Midland Raccoons dropped to 4-3. and three. Uh, So uh, the, the evil division of evil stays uh, tightened and competitive and relatively uh, low scoring on the whole. But, I mean, RKR, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I mean, not a
3: whole lot to say about this one. I mean, Ryan pretty much blew it away. A uh, couple random Notes on the pitching side of things, which uh, pitching side of things, which I thought was interesting on both sides. So uh, the raccoons only put up 57 points on their pitching, uh, which is quite awful. But their offense actually outscored Ryan's that week, 150 to about 100. And so really, the story for for this matchup was really Ryan's pitching, 213 points. Uh, that alone would have beaten probably five or six teams from week week seven um he got just solid all around performances 43 from Darvish uh 20 from Morton over 25 from Rodone, 21 Trevor Rogers uh so that that to me is a story i mean just elite elite performances from his pitching uh this week
0: yeah i mean it's it's crazy to hear you put in perspective like that and and you're fully right like i mean a, a lot of teams uh, that, that would have beaten them this week, and it just really shows how, how strong Ryan's uh, arms are right now. But, uh, Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on this one? Nick,
1: I'm going heel. Ryan, <laughs> the team is shit. You're losing in the first round. It doesn't matter what you do right now. You could be fucking 19-1. I don't give a shit. You're going out <laughs> round one. Midland Raccoons, I have two questions for you. One of them is important. One of them is not. The unimportant question is, why did you only mm, start yeah. four pitchers? The important question, how did you get the like? How did you get the little raccoon emoji in your thing? Like, that's fucking awesome. Like, you could see, like they could not set their lineup for the rest of the year and we should keep them around. They did that. I don't know. I want to know how they did that. But anyway, the point here, I don't know how much they tried in this matchup. They weren't gonna win anyway. Even if they started three pitchers, they could have streamed them. They could have found them, traded for them, whatever. They wouldn't have won. Ryan's going to be a king of the regular season. We're going to listen on Slack to how he's so great all year for the rest of the year. And when it comes to playoff time,
2: he's going to choke. That's all there is.
0: I mean, I think it's it's interesting discussing the narrative around Ryan this year, because I think in a lot of ways, uh, people are, are really focused on, on guys like Chow and, and Kaminsky. And uh, I think maybe Ryan's getting uh, a little bit overlooked this season. So... Uh, I think it's it's definitely possible that uh, he, he's going to surprise people with with wins like this one. But uh, at the same time, I mean, you're right. Who knows what happens come playoff time? And uh, it's clear Ryan has got himself in a, a good position. But you know, it it takes a, an extra level to bring it home. So we'll have to see what he does and, and whether he's able to address that come playoff time. Well,
1: just to go here, like we're going to put him in the same breath as Chow, probably the greatest owner in the of history in terms. Of- like nobody could touch him and we're gonna talk about mike who i mean mike and i are whatever i'm not buddies with the guy we never really pulled off a big trade but so like i have no opinion of him really but he seems to have this like apt you know ability to, to just play up when time when when the playoffs come when when it's crunch time when it matters right we've seen him go to finals we've seen him win titles we've seen him win big matchups against you know flex and other players who are really good. Can you name me a time we've seen Ryan other than his one title, which he'll parade around like it's you know, his favorite pair of underwear? What, what has he done?
0: For sure. Uh, I mean, and I, I think that's the other thing to consider about Ryan is if he is really as, as reliant on his pitching as this matchup might suggest. Uh, that does uh, leave a, a potential vulnerability. You know, if if his pitching falls off or if guys get injured, then. Uh, he's gonna really have to to readjust and and rejig his team a little bit. So, uh, you have to wonder there if he's uh if he's a little too overcommitted in terms of the pitching and and underinvested in his bats.
1: He's not gonna listen. to this. <laughs> He's gonna hear us talk bad things, and not,
2: so it's fine. <laughs> About all I want.
0: Well, they, there's something to be said for that. Knowing your your audience or lack thereof. If hey,
1: someone gave me the pulpit. I'm gonna use it. Uh, right.
0: I love it. Uh, Got to keep moving though. Lots lots of other matchups to talk about. Uh, and let's let's dive into a, a zesty one because it's Gartham taking on the Squirtle Squad. Father vs. Son. A, a showdown for the ages. And it's Gartham who picks up the victory. Uh, moves to four and three uh, with a 255.4 point performance squirtle squad drop also four and three 183.5 points for them so it's a, a clutch victory for garth m that brings him exactly one game above 500 again but uh i mean uh rk what are your thoughts on this matchup
3: yeah nice to see uh the the elder mckinnis take this matchup um so pretty solid performance from garth on this one um Again, pitching kind of the story here. Uh, looks like I uh, got some good points from Kluber, uh, Snell, and Montgomery, uh, and that that really again was the difference. Um, seems like the the squad is really just grinding it out this season. Um, like they're not really putting out big performances each week, and uh, I mean clearly they're trying. Nine nine games started here. Uh, all their matchup acquisitions used, but seems like they just can't get it firing uh, this year. What do you guys think?
1: I mean, you can... Uh, this is not an answer to your question, but you can count on three things in life, okay? Death, taxes, and Daddy Mac finishing a 500. Okay? So this is just the ebb and flow. Like, you have voodoo magic, Chris has some fake voodoo magic that nobody actually thinks of this, and Garth McInnes has equilibrium of just being meh. You know? Yeah. Like, the Squirtle Squad, I don't know. I could tell you that they're looking to trade, they're the leader currently, for... Uh, Mr. Chris Bryant. So if they do that,
2: we'll find out. But, I mean, their team is just...
1: Their players are eh. They have holes in their lineup, right? Like, look at their bats. Lorenzo Cain, do you trust him? I don't. <laughs> Alex Dickerson, do you trust him? Uh, the Giants probably shouldn't. And Brandon Bell, who was on my wa- roster last week, now on their up. You know? I don't know. I just... They're great managers. I hate them, but they're great managers. <laughs> but their team has a lot of <laughs> not surprised with the result.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think more than anything, I'd be surprised by the fact that they put up under 200 points. I mean, that's, that's a, a relatively rare occurrence for them. So uh, it definitely feels like this is a, a different Squirtle Squad team than one we might have seen in the past. And you know, like you said, Gartham's going to be 500. So glad he got the, the win here to, to keep that going and, and help to that effort. But I mean, on the other hand, like you said, like the, the Squirtle Squad are making moves, they're, they're doing their whole shtick and, and maximizing starts and getting relievers nobody have, nobody's ever heard of who are, are then putting up like 4K innings. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with them. I, I do think that maybe it's just a, a string of bad luck and they'll turn it around, but uh, it could also be a situation where, where Squirtle Squad quickly find themselves more in the, the Europa race than the actual mm-hmm. playoff race.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not going to want to hear you say that, and I'm sure... I mean, I don't know. My prediction is they're going to finish in like the 7-8 seed and sink their way in and do some damage to get in, but, you know, I could see what you're saying.
2: Yeah, well, time will tell
0: uh, for sure on that front, uh, but uh, a couple other matches we can talk about here. Uh, let's talk about uh, Tillo taking on Flex. Uh, and uh, Tillo picks up the victory, in fact, 228.5 to 147.8 for Team Flex. So uh, Tillo is 5 and 2, Flex is 1 and 6. Uh, RKR, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on this matchup?
3: Yeah, I mean, Tillo didn't even really sweat this one. Uh, it seems like, you know, uh, a week against Flex is almost guaranteed uh, a W, which I'm sure was nice for him, but uh, he took it pretty handily, even though he put up just 228. Um, Tillo's offense, not sure how that's going to hold up uh rest of the season. He might need some work there. He's got like a couple under-average under, uh, under average guys there. Josh Bell at first, Eddie Rosario left field, not sure how I'd feel about him. Cedric Mullins center field. Um, so I feel like, yeah, his offense could, could probably use some work going forward. But uh, easy win for him, and he's got four wins in a row now, it looks like.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's a matchup, I think, where we would have liked to see Flex give Tillo more of a scare, but uh, Tillo coasted fairly easily, and, and uh, you're also right that he's got some some holes on his team right now that he's looking to address, I think, but uh, it will be, will be interesting to see how that affects him down the stretch. Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: I mean, I don't know why we could beat Tillo at all, really. I mean, apparently his resume speaks for itself, so fantasy success is multiple championships. Absolutely, land him an employment opportunity. Uh, but back here in reality, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you guys something. I think Tillo's team is on the, on the way down. I really do. Uh, I think he's going to rip off. Mm-hmm. I mean, RKR, you're not doing many favors this week. So we'll talk about that, I suppose. But like, yeah, I know. His injuries are really going to catch up to him. I mean, DJ LeMahieu, he's out. Zach Blizzack's out now. He's got a ton of pitchers hurt. I mean, Flex is literally a walking doormat in this league here. So like, I guess congrats for stepping on it, wiping your shoes. But other than that, I, I don't know. Like, Did anyone think Flex was actually going to win?
0: Yeah, I mean, it it would have been nice to see Flex pull off a, another miraculous 300-point week. Uh, I think with Tillo, the, the issue has been this season that he hasn't had any sort of consistency where he's had weeks in the, the 300s and the high 200s, but then uh, he's had weeks like this one that are, are a lot closer to an area where you'd be sweating against a lot of other managers. So, uh, I mean, for him, I think it's a question of, of maybe reassessing uh, his, his roster construction, uh, maybe making some moves, because there are, are obvious holes to address, which is sometimes beneficial in, in terms of, you know, having uh, clear guys to replace. But uh, on the other hand, then you actually have to go out and replace them. So uh, for, for Tillo, I think he knows the work that needs to be done and uh, as he moves into uh, maybe a, a more difficult part of the the, the schedule for himself uh, as we move later into the season. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can make those adjustments or not.
1: Wow. Well, much like his best buddy, Jimmy Butler. They're going to be gone real quick on playoff time.
0: <laughs> uh. Well, I, th- I think that brings us uh, pretty nicely into the, the last couple of matchups we have to talk about. And uh, we had a, a bunch of very close matchups in the the Flexbox Federation in, in week seven. Uh, and I, I feel like we should talk about them in, in reverse order of closeness because I know there was some, some good slack discussion going on on Sunday. So, I mean, we can start off with my, my matchup against Ash uh it was a a close one came down to sunday but ash pulled it out 217.2 to 206.7 for years truly ash is now five and two tragically i am two and five and uh i have some thoughts about that but i mean jeremiah i'll hand it straight to you what what do you think about this matchup
1: i mean i don't know if you could be like a victim of a single player but you were the victim of fernando tatis and that's unfortunate and that's the kind of thing where you're like huh there's not really much you can do and you kind of just like tip your hat my thing is just like, if I'm you, Nick, I'm just a little bit upset that, like, I don't have my own stud, Jacob DeGrom, ready to go. I, I kind of wonder, you know, if DeGrom is healthy, you know, maybe you win this matchup. I know that's hard. You can't really think that way, but sometimes it's hard not to.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, Arca, Ar- over to you.
3: Yeah, I mean,. If I was you, Nick, I'd be pretty upset too. I mean, you've had a couple of, like, I, your team is obviously better than two and five record, and you've had a couple of nail biter losses here against some pretty decent teams where those teams didn't even put up, you know, huge points. Like, 217 for Ash, not a huge week for him. Uh, and just to lose it by eight points, I mean, that's got to hurt. And I think you had a couple of close ones a few weeks ago against Squirtle, uh, against Ben uh so what's what's going on there nick is that a a trend uh early in the season for you
0: yeah i mean it's it's definitely unfortunate for sure and and jeremiah is exactly right that uh, i'm missing Degrom, and uh i gotta say though uh having matched up against Ash and and really had a week of of looking at his team closely uh it it really does seem like he's something of a paper tiger because you know tetius jr is good but uh, his secondary pieces just do not have it. And, you know, he's got guys, bats, who are, who are going to put up, you know, negative numbers five out of seven nights and, and rely on the other two to carry them. Uh, his uh, rotation is, is definitely in shambles right now, and his bullpen's not looking great either, and, uh, you know, I got somewhat lucky. Uh, unfortunately for Ash, uh, Widener left his start early, but uh, uh, you know that that could have changed the the point total. But I mean, ultimately, I think if I'm Ash, people have have really talked about this being his year and and a big opportunity for him. But I mean, at this point, I I just don't see it. I think he's uh, a little ways away yet, and and you know maybe he makes some moves. But uh, if I'm Ash, I I think that puts me at a, a bit of a crossroads in terms of just hmm. the way this roster is constructed.
1: I don't think Ash has the pieces to make that are needed. I think he needs to hope he gets healthy. Like you know, Cody Bellinger's still in the IL. Dustin May has no arm. That's not going to be fixed anytime soon. Uh, Eloy Jimenez same same deal. Has a uh, weak uh, pectoral there. So I don't know. I'm I, like I don't think he has much prospect capital in terms of, like high end guys to get talent. So
2: might be Ash. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's still like a,
3: he has put up a lot of points this season, but I think you hit the nail on the head with the bullpen piece there, Nick. Like he's got, got almost nothing there and that's really costing him so far this season, just with those extra points that kind of push you over the top, top uh, week by week there
0: yeah and I mean uh not to give uh, Ash unsolicited advice, but uh I know he he loves getting trade feedback, so I'll just say uh it, it's a little counterintuitive, but if uh Ash wants to he's in a great position to make some deals where he gives up one good player and and he gets two slightly lesser players, but you know that fills two roster spots instead of one, so like you know if he can move like a, a Reese Hoskins for two solid bullpen pieces or or you know do something to to address his rotation off that. Uh, there's a, a lot of little moves he can do to really up his team, but uh, it will be interesting to see if he actually goes ahead and, and pulls off any moves or uh, whether he tries to roll with the squad he has and, and what the results will be. Uh, but enough about myself. Uh, two other great matchups. We heard uh, uh, Stads talk about his matchup a, a fair bit on Slack, uh, and I wish he was here, but uh, we can talk about it in his absence. He was taking on Chris, uh, and it was a matchup that did come right down to Sunday, but he pulled it out. 230.4 to 223.8 for Chris. The Stads is now 5-2. and two. Chris Owen 7 still looking for that first win. Uh, uh, Jeremiah, how do you feel about uh, our boy Stads?
1: Man, Stads. Okay, I owe you an apology. You know, I don't apologize much at all for anything, and I rarely apologize on this show, but I owe you an apology. I have talked bad shit about Vlad Jr. and Shohei Otani, and they are both first round pick going into next year at this point. Uh safe to say they fulfilled the potential that you saw in them. I do not understand <laughs> baseball. Probably should have gone to the show. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Stets himself talked about this. His his stud players are, are really hitting this season, and after a, a long wait, it seems like he's uh, he's finally getting to, to play up to his potential. But, uh, Arcar, what do you think about this matchup?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, good, good Nice win there it's a tight win for Ian, though, but I'm sure he's happy to take it away. And yeah, I'm kind of just just building on that there. I just i I almost don't believe Ian's team is as good as he's been. Like he is so heavily reliant right now on on Vlad Otani and Woodruff. like beyond that, like, do we think he has the pieces to to kind of contend in a big way uh, the rest of the season? To me, I'm not so sure. Like, he's hitting, he's just, like, everything literally seems to be going right for him, and I'm just, I'm happy for him. Uh, but is it sustainable? I, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the real million-dollar question for Stads, and uh, looking at his team, you know, it it doesn't seem like, uh, he's, he's necessarily going to go all the way so it's a question of what you consider contending you know is he a team that could could fight for a playoff spot potentially you know is is he a, a team that would be very strong if he made it to europa for sure but uh i, I think he's got a, a large degree of faith in his team and and he really seems to think that he's onto something this mm-hmm. year so uh you know maybe his guys never slow down and and he uh, he gets the the good results he's looking for and and is able to to make something happen in the playoffs. But uh, it really does seem like he's a, a couple of pieces away from being at that level mm-hmm. at this point.
1: So just to, like, jump in here, like, one really interesting thing about Stad's team that I feel like doesn't get talked about ever is that he has to play Vlad at first base, but he also has to play Otani at TH, like, five out of mm-hmm. six days, right? When he's not pitching. So when he's not pitching and he has to play him at the DH spot, he doesn't get the benefit of Yuli Gurriel. So we've been talking, you know, how good is Guriel? Do we really buy into it? But Stats hasn't even really been benefiting from the points he's putting up Mm. because he's always been on his bench, right? So that's a really interesting kind of like crux of it. The rest of it, I agree with you guys. Like, I don't really believe Brian Reynolds, Tyler Naquin, uh, and we're already seeing Garrett Hampson fall off, are going to carry him. And then when you go look at the rest of his roster, like outside of Brandon Woodruff, nobody on his starting staff, Except, I, I mean, he's going to tell you, I've talked to him, like, Jameson Tyone, he thinks he's decent, and, and that might be true, but like, 6.9 points per game doesn't inspire me. And I have literally no <laughs> idea how Chris Bassett is putting up points. Because he does throw hard, he does strike a lot of people out, you know, he's getting, he's had a couple high strikeout games, but overall, his career, he's not a high strikeout pitcher. He's not a blow-you-away kind of pitcher. Uh, and even if Bassett stays being Bassett, is that enough with Woodruff and Bassett to carry you into the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Probably not.
3: And another piece he's got, too, which kind of under the radar, too, is Matt Barnes in the pen. Like He's put up over 100 points already. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess you look a little bit, he's got some scattered pieces throughout, which have done really well for him this season.
2: But, hmm.
1: It's tough. I mean, he did lose uh, what's his name, Pascari Noah? would have been interesting yes it be it would have been. You know,
0: what would <laughs> yeah. have happened yeah and i mean there again you talk about uh uh the the league and how teams are, are getting better on average i mean uh in a lot of ways uh Staz doesn't really stand out compared to a lot of other teams right now and he's he's not talked with in the same breath as some of those top teams but uh, he's got a, a pretty solid team, and you know maybe it's not the most solid. Maybe his his lineup isn't the most uh, efficient in terms of that uh, first base utility situation he's got going on. But uh, you know I think it's uh, it just goes to show the the general rising tide of the the flex fox fantasy federation. And aside from the the really bad teams like Chris's who who even on a a slightly better week can't catch a break and, and can't catch a W. Uh, aside from those real bottom feeders, the uh, the level of competition is at an all time high this season, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Take.
1: Ian takes Ryan out <laughs> first round.
0: Okay, calling the shot. Not not just Ryan losing in the first round, but who's gonna take him out? Uh, well, I I think that's gonna bring us to our final matchup from week seven, uh, and it's a it's a doozy of a matchup. It's Ben taking on Aiden. Uh, it looked like a, a close matchup going in, and it absolutely delivered uh, because Ben pulls out the victory, 206.1 to 205.4 for Aiden. So for those uh, who are, are as good at math as I am, that's a, a 0.7 point difference between the, the two teams. Uh, the result is that Ben is now four and three. Aiden is now three and four. Uh, and I mean, RKR, what can you say after a matchup as close as that one?
3: Yeah, I mean, this is right down to the wire. And I think some of us were definitely following this one on Sunday. There a um, lot to unpack here. Um, if I, I feel like both of these teams have been on the opposite ends of like luck this season. Like I feel like Ben's maybe been a little bit lucky and Aiden's been unlucky. Um, and I think kind of case in point here, I mean, Ben really won this matchup with a, a, a seven inning, um, performance from, um, Adam Wainwright on Sunday, uh, which, you know, or eight innings, sorry, 23 points. Um, you can never really count on that. That really carried him over the end, Uh, to get the W. Um, uh, Aiden's on the opposite end. He's Like I said, he's been unlucky a little bit this season. Um, His pitching put up some good points, but Aiden's offense this week really did uh, pretty poorly. 30 points uh, for for a week, which is awful. Austin Meadows alone put up two-thirds of that at 20. Um, So yeah, it just kind of goes to my point there about maybe a little bit of bad luck on Aiden's end.
0: Yeah, definitely some bad luck for Aiden for sure, and and I mean I don't think Ben's gonna forget that Wainwright game anytime soon. Talk about uh, an amazing <laughs> performance that that really bailed him out. But uh, Jeremiah, what are your thoughts?
1: I know we're running over time, so the person I wanted to win won. The person I didn't want to win did not win.
0: There you have it. I mean, I I will just say, like I think both these teams are are sort of in the mus- mushy middle of the league. Uh, I think they both have obvious issues. I mean, Aiden. Uh, his his bats really leave something to be desired uh then his bullpen is is uh, frankly embarrassing on some levels i'm I'm really surprised he hasn't done anything to address it because some of the guys he's carrying are just bad uh but you know they combined to make a really exciting matchup and and a matchup that really captivated a lot of the league last sunday so uh kudos to both of them um I mean I feel bad for Aiden. I've I've been on losing ends of close matches so far and it never gets any easier, so that's a, a tough pull to swallow and I'm I'm sure Ben is appropriately joyous, so uh hopefully they can can take this memory and, and move forward from here. Uh but that is, is gonna do it for our recap of uh week seven. Uh do either of you guys have any uh clothing thoughts before we move to, to previewing week eight. I
1: think I dropped enough fire. All
0: right. well, there you go. Let's move on. Uh, well, let's just get right into it. Week eight coming uh, up. It's a, a big week uh, and a, a lot of good matchups to talk about. Uh, but let's just start off with a, a matchup that I think a lot of people are excited to see, uh, and it sort of bookends off what we talked about last week. It's the matchup between Chow and Jamil, two teams that are are coming in hot in the Jeffrey Jungle. Chow six and one, Jamil five and two. And as we record this here on a, a Tuesday night. It's Chow who's taken the lead, or, or sorry, it's Jamil who's taken the lead. Forty-eight point four points to thirty-seven point three for Chow, so Jamil is is got the advantage. But uh, RKR, who do you think is going to take this one?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think as we've talked about, I mean, Chow's pretty elite team, but uh, I'll I'll take Jamil on this one. Um, if not, just he seems to have had a good start to the season, and uh, this matchup is is close already. So, I think I believe in his bats I know we just traded for Korea so maybe he comes in for a, a big week for him um, so I'll take the, the slight upset with uh, Jamil on this one
1: um, fun fact I am putting these picks into an excel sheet start keeping track of everyone's record, <laughs> record the rest of the season I'm just curious uh, at RKR you get the uh, guest slot this week All right. you'll get that fun fact we'll get the guest off to a good start <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Chow just because Chow's best team in the league for me, and I'm not going to bet against that.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, similarly, I think it would be appropriate if Chow won that big matchup against Kaminsky and then dropped this one to Jamil. I I think that would really be a good way of keeping the circle going, but I, I really do think Chow's got a hot team right now, and, and he's coming into a winnable matchup, so as much as I'd like Jamil to take this, uh, I'm, I've got to go with Chow, and I'm glad to know predictions are, are officially being tracked now. <laughs> Uh, but let's uh let's move right along to uh, another great matchup. Uh it's the, the matchup uh between Ben and the Squirtle Squad. Uh two teams coming in four and three, so uh, a good chance for someone to get to the that, that five win plateau. Uh and right now here on Tuesday night, uh it's the Squirtle Squad that have seventy seven point seven points, Ben fifty one point nine points, uh so relatively close but Squirtle Squad have the advantage. Jeremiah, your thoughts.
1: <laughs> I don't want to make a prediction here, but uh, I'm going to take Ben. Uh, I know Sandy Alcantara has started this week, I believe, and I
2: think that will make a difference
0: Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and pick the Squirtle Squad. I think they are in need of a bounce-back win uh, after that uh, that tough loss they suffered at the hands of Garth M. Uh, and this seems like a, a good opportunity for them to do it. So I don't think the Squirtle Squad will uh, will stay down long, so I'm going to pick them to win here.
3: Yeah, I'll go with uh, with Ben in this week, too. I just feel like the the squad has lost a little bit of, a bit of momentum now. Harper on the DL. Brandon Nemo's is uh, still out um you know ben was lucky last week so i'll say let's keep it going for him and he'll uh he'll take this one
0: there you go uh well arcare let's jump right into your matchup uh you're taking on Tillo, uh and it's it's not been an ideal start for you my friend because tillo has got 44.5 <laughs> points whereas uh you have a, a nice negative 12 spot going on so if only this were golf but uh arcare how are you feeling about this matchup
3: yeah, it's a pretty brutal start so far, but uh, this is this is my team this year. it seems just hot and cold. Um, either way, even if I was off to a better start than negative twelve, I think uh, you know Tillo's uh, t- definitely the better team on on paper this season, so I think uh, I think it'll be pretty lucky if I win this one, so I'll go with uh, the other Richard. Uh, to be honest, yeah,
0: I. I-, I- don't even think Sorry. of you as a Richard anymore. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting to think of this as the Richard bull, but uh, Jeremiah, go ahead.
1: Sorry, so I zoned I out. Uh, RK, are you taking uh, Tillo? Uh, Tillo. Okay, so, I mean, last week I said, you know, Tillo wiped his feet on the doormat. I mean, he's in the house. He's going to flush the toilet. So I'm going to
2: take, gonna take Tillo.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm going to complete the, the hat trick for Tillo. I mean, uh, I'll do to RK. I would love to see Win put up a, a big t- bone total to bounce back from this hole, but uh, it seems like you're in a, a bit of a sticky situation on this one, and, and Tillow, for all his foibles, has been relatively consistent uh, in terms of performances this year, so feels like he's in a, a good position to take this matchup.
2: Yeah, can't fault you guys there. <laughs>
0: Uh, but let's uh, let's keep moving uh, and talk about Ryan. Ryan taking on Aiden in a, a big matchup from twice the division, uh, and Ryan has the lead here, uh, sixty-seven point eight points to forty-two point five for Aiden. So Jeremiah, uh, let's start us off. What's what's your pick for this one?
1: Well, the regular season, Ryan is still
2: Superman. Power is not diminished. But postseason, so
1: I will go with Ryan.
0: Yeah. Uh in turn uh, I will also go with Ryan. Uh it definitely seems like he's uh he's got a good regular season team, he's performing well and uh it, it doesn't seem like Aiden's a team that's gonna knock him off easily. So uh I've got Ryan too.
3: Yeah, as much as Aiden's probably in uh, deserving luck of uh of a of win, I think uh hard not to go with Ryan. I mean he's put up three hundred plus points a couple weeks in a row, so I'll take him as well.
0: Okay, there you go. we got uh, some good alignment going. Uh, let's see if that continues for our next matchup, which is Ash versus Graham. Uh, it's a, a relatively tight one here. Ash has 32.7 points. Uh, Graham has 30.1. And, and I should note Graham looking for his first one of the season here. So uh, could it come at, at the hands of Ash? RKR, your thoughts?
3: Yeah, so I mean, we talked talking a little bit about, you know, Ash's team there and his bullpen needing some work. Um the other hand Graham's team 0 and seven pretty bad uh yeah, gotta go with Ash here. He's got got the better team um despite the the lack of a of a pen. Um so we'll take
2: Ash here. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna... uh
1: I gotta do it. Sorry go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I just say I gotta take Ash too. Uh Aldeberdom is still on Graham's IL currently playing <laughs> My hopes, are, my hopes are not high. Classic.
0: Uh, well, I'm going to be bold and throw down the upset special uh, just to back up what I said uh, about losing fifth in Ash uh, after playing him. And, <laughs> and, you know, I think Graham is, is due for a win, and, and law of averages, he has to win one of these. So uh, it, it's as good a week as any, and, and it's a relatively close matchup. So I think Graham's going to manage to pull it up and, and upset Ash.
1: Look at that. Man of his word.
0: <laughs> Throwing it down. Uh, but that'll bring us, Jeremiah, to your matchup. You are taking on Gartham this week with a, a chance to hold him at 500 now that he's 4-3. Uh, right now, he's he's got the edge, though, on you. 53.6 uh, to your 22.5. Uh, so, Jeremiah, I mean, what are your thoughts on this matchup?
1: Okay, well, like I said, it's going to be 500, so he's due for a loss. He's used four starts as a night, through one, and left. So 53 points on four starts. I have none so far. I don't know. I I think I can do it.
3: Yeah, I think so too. Um, Yes, some points behind now, but I think it's not enough of a gap that he can't close. Uh, I'll go a very specific prediction here. I'll say Lindor will finally heat up and uh, carry Jeremiah to this win. (laughs) I'm sure he'd be happy for that one. (laughs) I'd like that.
0: (laughs) That's a, a good specific prediction. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I thought I was gonna be uh, maybe alone in picking Jeremiah, but I'm I'm gonna do it as well, uh, solely for the reason Garth ev needs to be at 500, so uh, he can't win this one and, and get too far away. So uh, Jeremiah, you gotta gotta pull it off and and keep the man honest.
1: All right. But... Uh,
0: well, let's go ahead and and talk about my matchup then. I guess uh, I'm taking on the Midland Raccoons in a a key Evil Division of Evil showdown. Uh, right now, it's it's pretty close, uh, but the the raccoons have the edge seventy two point seven points uh, to fifty four point nine for uh, myself. Arkar, uh, I'll I'll let you have this one first. What are you thinking?
3: Oh, I think you need a win next. So, uh, and you got Degrom
2: back, so that's an easy one for me. Uh, I'll go with you.
3: Although I see you left uh, tonight on Tuesday. Jock Peterson on the bench. 15 points.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Uh, Brantley getting benched uh, only after Peterson had, had roster locked was uh, a hard blow to my cause. Uh, I'm always going to pick myself as well. Uh, similar to what you said, I'm I'm in dire need of a bounce back win. And, and the Midland Raccoons uh, had a bit of a down week last week, so they may be uh, right for the picking. And. Uh, you know they've they've gotten uh, some good luck so far, but Degrom is back, and I'm I'm feeling pretty good about things. So uh, I'm going to be picking myself in this one. Uh, but Jeremiah, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll round it out with you as well. Uh, Degrom looks like he's going to get two starts. Uh, they kind of handed him a kid gloves tonight, first start back, and he still put up 14 points. So I think he could expect another 15, 20 on Sunday as well. Uh, interestingly. Uh, since Velasquez and Jay Well, are 12. Right, I think you'll win this in a close one. I'm going to stay on Sunday with a 20-point take from.
0: Mm-hmm. Will this be your first two- uh, Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, sorry, Nick, would this be uh, your first- I
3: think fir- it's my first two-week start for, uh, yeah, is this your first two-week start for DeGrom? <laughs>
0: Uh, it would be my first two weeks start for the since week one, so nice. very excited about that possibility and and hope it hits. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about a, a matchup that uh, not to to you know curse anything, but might be getting late a little bit early because uh, we've got Newton taking on Flex uh, and Newton's already up eighty nine point eight points to twenty five point five for Flex. So Newton's done a, a good job jumping out to a, an early lead, but Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: I mean, I'm not going to waste time here. I don't think anyone (laughs) can pick Flex here, and I don't think anyone. I agree.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll just keep it simple. It's it's Newton's matchup. (laughs) The bye week. Flex already got minus six from from Uh, a pitcher tonight, so says it all.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty brutal. Uh, but moving on to our uh, our penultimate matchup, and it's a, a much more competitive one, and the uh, showdown between the top two teams in the Redacted division. Uh, it's Kaminsky taking on Stads, uh, two guys who are, are really battling it out right now. Uh, Kaminsky, obviously, six and one. Stads, five and two. And Kaminsky has the the slight here, eighty two points, even to seventy seven point two points for Stads. Uh, so it's a, a fairly close matchup here on Tuesday night, but. Uh, I mean, Jeremiah, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: It's going to be my upset this week, I think. I'm going to take sad uh I know, you know, has to start pitchers out the yin-yang. He's got Scherzer-Burns, awesome. which is terrifying, sure. But Ian's got a two-way player and the best young player in the game, so
2: I'm going to go with that. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I'm going to... Go ahead, Arcare.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, not necessarily who I think is better, but who I'm gonna cheer for, and definitely Ian. So I hope he takes this one. So I'll I'll double on oh. Jeremiah with the upset there.
0: Okay, well then I'll I'll take the easy, unpopular pick and and take Kaminsky. I mean, uh, much love to Stads. would Would love to see him win this one, at at least keep it uh, competitive. But uh, I mean, Kaminsky just has has such a good team, and you know, so many potential points. So. Uh, it, it's not hard to see him winning this one, and, and I would expect him to perform to perform well here, so uh, I'm going to take Kaminsky to win it. Uh, but that brings us to our final matchup of the week, uh, and I know it's one we are all very excited about uh, because it's a, a situation where one team is guaranteed to get their first win of the season. Yes, it's Krista He on limb, Two O and seven teams uh, squaring off. Someone's going to be one and seven, and one one team's going to be 0 and eight after this. Uh, and right now, it's Chris who has the lead, seventy one points even to nineteen point six for Lim. So uh, a, a fairly sizable gap there too. But I mean, RKR, what are you thinking for this matchup?
3: Yeah, I mean, Chris at 0 and seven, he's bad. He's not 0 and seven bad. So I'll take him uh, with this matchup. I mean, he's probably got the best player on on either of these teams in uh, in Freeman. So uh, here's to Chris uh, getting a win on the season.
2: Yeah, I'm going to take Chris as well. Uh, the
1: lead's huge. Lim, I don't think, has the guns back. Chris, I don't even think there's to be 0-7. Yeah, I so. agree.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I was hoping I'd be able to pick Lim in this one just because I, I think that would be fun. but. Uh Chris has the better team. He's he's been the better team this season. I'm I'm somewhat surprised he doesn't have a win already. And uh yeah, I mean it, it doesn't seem like this is a, a matchup Lim can come back in. So uh, I think that Chris is the pick for myself as well. Uh but that's gonna do it for our, our look at week eight, guys. I mean this is obviously a, a great slate of matchups. I, I really hope people uh watch them and, and follow along as the week goes on. Uh any closing thoughts from either of you guys?
1: Don't at
2: me.
3: <laughs> yeah, nothing for me, Nick.
0: There you, go. there you go. I, you know what? Don't at me might be a good uh, tagline for the show this season. But uh, you know, thanks, thanks to both you guys, WizKidRKR. RKR. Uh, great to have you here. It's uh it's always fun, and and it's uh, another great episode. Always fun chatting with you guys about fantasy and and watching the the league continue to to move and shake as we get closer to the uh, the midpoint of the season after passing that sort of one third threshold. But Uh, You gotta sign off right now So I'll just end by saying What we always like to say Good night
2: And good fantasy